I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 76 of Steve A.G. Uh, the podcast that keeps on giving. Uh, I do want to say happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers, all you romantic types. Um, it's Tuesday, February, February. This is my birth month. This is my, I, I was born on the 26th of this month. And to this day, I mean, not to this day, but up until very recently, I've always said February because there's an R in it. And I know that nobody ever does. But I was like, that's my month. I should pronounce it right. I'm going to say February. And uh, it turns out that um, I believe you're still supposed to say it without the R. Why? Why would they put the the R in there if we're not supposed to pronounce it? Um, but anyway, happy February 14th. It's um, Valentine's Day. I'm here in Los Angeles. My Valentine, my girlfriend, is in her hometown of Ohio. Her home state of Ohio, I mean, not her town. And sadly, I can't be with her. I miss her dearly. Um... So I thought it would be fun again to call her and uh, we'll share our Valentine today. <laughs> we'll have our Valentines over the phone. We'll just talk for a few minutes. I texted her a few minutes ago and was like, um, hey, would you want to let me record a conversation with you very briefly? Um, just because it's Valentine's Day and I think it'll be cute and whatever. I miss you and uh, I think it'd be nice. She's like, yeah, can uh, we do it in like 15 minutes? Uh, the, the Grammys are on and Beyonce is about to perform. <laughs> so uh, I just started this. Uh, Beyonce is about to perform. She said, my girlfriend said she'd text me as soon as Beyonce was done. So, yes, as you can tell now, even though this is coming out and you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this the day it comes out on uh, Valentine's Day. Um, we are actually recording this intro on Sunday, the 12th. Uh, the Grammys are on tonight. And 
and I don't have cable. I got rid of my cable like a year ago. It was too distracting. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't watch a lot of TV anyway. I'm, I'm more of a Netflix person or Apple TV. So uh, we'll get a full report. Actually, we'll get a great report on Beyonce's performance when my girlfriend's done watching it. Um, it should be happening right as I'm recording. This is very exciting, you guys. It's 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And um, yeah. How are you? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, well let me t tell this while uh, I'm waiting for Chelsea to uh, finish watching Beyonce and the twins perform. By twins, I mean she's pregnant with twins, right? There was that photo of her, pregnant photo, of, a very pregnant photo of her, weird, with a weird background and a weird veil type thing on. I believe she's pregnant with twins. That's what I mean by twins. I, I don't mean her and her boobs are performing. Um, I, I mean, even though they are, but that's not what I meant by twins, because I'm not a pig. Anyway, uh, this week on the podcast, we have uh, my good friend Bobcat Goldthwaite, um, who you know from, uh, I mean, he, he's now a very accomplished director, uh, very talented director. In fact, I when I first met Bobcat, uh, probably about 11 or 12 years ago, he was directing the Jimmy Kimmel Live show. He was the director when I was working there. And, uh, so I've always, I've known Bobcat always as a director, even though, you know, some of you may know him from his many film works, such as the <laughs> police Academy movies, shakes the clown, um, one crazy summer, the list goes on. Uh, I know Bobcat as a director and friend and stand up comedian. I actually saw how oh, fuck, I completely forgot to talk to Bobcat about this, but I remember seeing Bobcat uh, back in the 90s uh, with Nirvana. Bobcat toured with Nirvana as an opening act. That's so bananas. Uh, I'll have to have him back on and talk about that. I, we kind of went off the rails, and a lot of this podcast is political. Um, as, as is just everything in general lately, ever since... Um, Trump was voted into off, not even voted in, but since his inauguration and since he started making all these insane, um, you know, decrees, <laughs> decrees, these bans, this insanity. Uh, it's all you see now when you go on to social networking, Twitter and, and Facebook, especially my feeds are just people talking about Trump and his cabinet and his policies and all. It's just crazy. It's very exhausting. I, I find it so goddamn exhausting. Um, the other day I was just feeling really depressed and I realized it's like, oh, I've just been going back and forth onto Twitter and Facebook and it's just people complaining about Trump and people replying to them, calling them fucking assholes and libtards and just, and far worse, just and giving death threats. And it's just, it's all it is nowadays. I'm so fucking sick of it. Um, it's exhausting, you know, knowing that I'm going to go to bed tonight and when I wake up in the morning because of the three hour time difference, I will go on to online. Oh my God. 
I'll finish this thought. This is my girlfriend. Shh. Shh, guys. Hello? Oh my god, Beyonce's over. So touching. <laughs> was it really touching? Was it, it a, really was. Was yeah, it a ballad? It was very um no, it was you know, her last album was um kind of all these very like poetic songs, you know, and in but I don't have you did you ever see like the movie that she did for that last album formation? Lemonade? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that whole thing. Uh-huh. So she did basically like three songs all kind of meshed into one and a lot of the kind of lyrics and poetry in between. Yeah. But it was this kind of like Hinduist, Buddhist, um, and then they had the holograms all over the screen. It was uh, holograms so of what? Intense. Um, like Tupac? Women and children. No, no. not fucking Tupac. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I think about when I think holograms is, is uh, or when you mentioned somebody performing and there was a hologram. It's because remember when they did, La, uh, yes. not Lollapalooza, but Co- Coachella yes. and they, they performed with uh, a Tupac. Stupid. Oh, stupid. That's all I think about when I hear hologram. That and Princess Leia. <laughs> That's stupid. But was it good? Was her song good? Or it songs? It was very, very like touching. Like you could tell that she was feeling very maternal. Everything looked very serene and calm. And she was in a chair most of the time singing. She's super she's, pregnant too, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how far along she. No, but I don't think anybody really knows how long she is. But she's big. And you could see like her stomach was like contracting when she was singing. You know, she was really. She could be like. I know. I think that's. It shows the songs that she did. Oh yeah. boy! Well, I'm I'm glad it it uh, I glad it all paid off. It, well, duh! Anything Beyonce does is gonna fucking pay off, especially I'm, if she's got twins in her belly. I'm ten minutes into this Valentine's Day podcast intro, and um, so when this launches, when this goes live on on Wait, the internet, I'm, I've. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I'm just here. I'm calling just to talk to you and be like, are you ready? And it's already happening. Oh, yeah, it's already happening. This is great, though, because oh. I, I explained in the intro that, uh, you know, Uh-oh. that uh, I wanted to call you for this because it was the it's Valentine's Day when this comes out. And I was like, oh, it'd be uh-huh. fun to talk to Chelsea. And I said that, you know, when I texted uh-huh. you, were, you were like, can I wait till after Beyonce? <laughs> I mean, I have to see, this is going to, the next two weeks, this is all I'm going to have a conversation about when I go do makeup for people. Is Beyonce? So, yeah, the whole look, the whole vibe, what people are wearing, yes. you know, that whole thing. Yes, so, queen. I unfortunately live in that world. Yes, <laughs> so, queen. By the way, do you know, oh I, my God. I see this all the time and I have no idea what it means. Yes, queen. What, what the yeah, fuck like, does that mean? Y-A-S-S? Y-A or Y-A-A-S? Yeah, it's like saying like, yes, honey. Like, yes. So like, it's yes. yes. You better work it, girl. Yeah, it's yes. So it just means yes. Yeah, if you're oh. like a diva, like you've got a little sugar and spice I keep in seeing you. all these memes with yes, queen. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I feel so fucking old, honey. It's okay. It, it's happening to all of us. But I, th- I I thought it would be cool if I called you because this is coming out on Valentine's Day and you were obviously mm-hmm. in Ohio and I am in California. So this is true. Um, we can share our Valentines now. But I also really, really wanted to talk about your Valentine's Uh-oh. Day plans and oh, especially yeah. namely the ones that fell through. 
Yes. You were going to, yeah. you and your friend were going to go to where? We were going to go to White Castle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's a kind of a big thing here. I, should, I shouldn't say in the Midwest, but at least in Cincinnati. So a lot of people, um, I live near at least two of the larger, I guess, producing or customer, I don't even know what you would call it, the more high, let's call it high volume White Castle. Yeah, high volume. And, um, and one of them, mind you, has already been on CNN. I don't know if For I- For murders? That- Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> which is right off of UC's campus. Uh-huh. I mean, the best place it could ever be. Sure. Um, and the second one is right off of, if you take I-71 South, it's right when you get off on the exit, like you're going to go to University Hospital or, you know, near my house, near mm-hmm. campus. Mm-hmm. So long story short, um, my friend Ann and I were in this group called The Chain Gang. Mm-hmm. So we do restaurants that are only chain restaurants. Right. Um, okay. And we have this like dinner club situation. And Ann and I are very goofy. You know, we love, we don't take ourselves seriously at all. Uh-huh. And um, we decided <laughs> that we were going to go. Well, the other, the other week we went to Red Lobster together um, nice. during like not even happy hour, basically when everybody that has dentures still has to wear diapers at an older age and yeah. goes to bed probably around eight o'clock. The, the blue plate special hour. Yeah, based when my hair is blue, you know, so how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, w- she and I decided that we were going to go to White Castle, and um, <laughs> you didn't believe me at first. I think no, you, no, you no, 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 no. Fa- you thought I was fabricating a story I that did I was going to actually that I wasn't going to really go there. No, no. Can like, I just, just can I just add? Go ahead. I knew you were going to go, and I thought it was cute, and I thought it was really awesome that you and a friend were going to spend Valentine's Day and go eat somewhere. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny that you chose to go to White Castle. But But why? Why did I choose to go to White Castle? I thought you were joking when you said White Castle was taking dinner reservations. Yeah. And then I sent you the picture of the sign. I thought it was a joke. You thought it was a joke. Yeah. Because it's White Castle. It's it's like McDonald's. It's not a joke. I know. People I know that. People take their their Valentine's Day at White Castle very seriously, <laughs> and yeah. So my friend Ann and I, I, you know, we we've agreed that we're going to dress up in these awful gowns and we're going to do like '90s hair and '90s makeup. I'm getting a, a corsage. I think she's getting me either a bouquet of flowers or also a corsage. <laughs> what's and the What's the wrist corsage? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, like this is like a prom situation. We're really going yeah, all out. I love it. So um, we thought it would just be really extra special if we went to White Castle. Mm-hmm. So I called. Um, I called two of the locations that are near me and that are basically comparable <laughs> to and to drive. And they're both booked solid. That is so now, funny. You couldn't I w- get a reservation on Valentine's reservation. Day at White Castle. Yes. Amazing. Now, well, here's the other situation. Yeah. My friend, um, my friend Sean, yeah. who was also, you know, we he, he helps me do my taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we were just kind of chatting about what we were going to do for dinner, you know, plans this year or whatever. And I said, you know, you're obviously you and I aren't going to be together. And Ann and I are going to go out and Ann's boyfriend is also going to be there because he wants to involve himself in this, you know, sure. disaster that we're about to create. Yeah. And um, he goes, well, where are you going? And I said, well, I try to get reservations at Bur- at not Burger King at White Castle. And he goes, I did, too. He goes, I called and tried to request I a tried. window seat. I like love a window, table. a window seat. I tried to get a reservation for Valentine's Day at White Castle, a window seat, and it was booked. And it was booked. Amazing. So 
you know, we <laughs> had, I mean, there was a very deep and lengthy text conversation amongst the three of us about where we should go. I mean, we were all super bummed that none of us could get it. And so Sean offered to like try to make some phone calls and pull a couple strings, you know, pull so a couple strings. Friends. I know some people yeah, at I mean, White Castle. <laughs> like you know chris like being open on christmas or something and getting the toy that your child's always wanted and you can't do it until last minute because you have to work or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um he couldn't even get a reservation but he also sent me a snapshot of a white castle with a different phone number but that was kind of out of our range mm. so i will say i didn't call that one there was a third one that we didn't want to go to um but both <laughs> of the ones that i called are completely booked that's so amazing so, but you managed to that. make alternate so, plans. Yes. So now instead of White Castle, um, I don't. I don't know if I'm. A, I probably. Sh- I'll say it out loud. Um, it's El Rancho Grande, which is basically a step up from Taco Bell. Uh-huh. Um, there's wait staff there, and there's a bar, but they have like those awful frozen margarita machines, you know, and every like a color Slurpee imaginable. machine. Yeah, exactly. It's basically yeah. the Seven Eleven of Spanish food. Spanish, <laughs> Spanish, our favorite. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea and I were once eating at a Chipotle. And she said how much she loves Spanish food. <laughs> uh, you're the best. And, um, you know, this is like the first time in years I don't I that I've even had a girlfriend on Valentine's Day. And I'm so bummed and sad that I couldn't be with you because uh, Aww, even the, like the last few girlfriends I've had, which haven't been for years, they somehow fell in a time period between Valentine's. So I haven't had a, a girlfriend on Valentine's in probably 10 or more years. And wow. um, so I was very excited to be with you. And uh, I mean, but bummed in that spirit. we couldn't physically be with each other. <laughs> right, um, right, right. So uh, this is the next best, best thing was I'm being able to call you, even though I will um, also call you on actual Valentine's Day. Um, by the way, I don't know if you can hear Fiona snoring in the background. Put the phone up to her. Hold on. Oh, she's she was chewing on the microphone. She woke up. You have a beautiful French bulldog named Fiona, which I am. She's going to be my other Valentine for the day when when I'm working during the day. I'm super in love with that dog. She's a little precious baby angel child unicorn. Well, that's all. I wanted to share that story. I thought it was amazing that White Castle was taking uh, dinner reservation. I think that's, and I also, I told you earlier, I think that's genius, like marketing on their behalf. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and cool that they can, you know, make fun of themselves that way. And, and it's also, and it's working because they're sold out. Like their reservations are booked solid. My, my question is, is who, like, who call when, you sign up to work on the schedule on Valentine's yeah. Day, right? People probably loathe that day. You know? sure. They're like, oh my God, Sean, I have to work again on Valentine's Day this year. Do you remember last year? How, Do you remember what happened last year? We, were? we ran out of chicken rings. Like, what were we even supposed to do? The bag of the bucket of pickles wouldn't open. We ran out of sliders. The ketchup machine exploded. Yeah. We ran out of ice. You know, like the drive through headsets shut down. I mean, you know, who knows? I want to know the amount of people, the ratio of people that are going ironically as opposed to 
fuck yeah we're going to white castle this is our tradition you know we're like genuinely down with it well the other thing I, I wonder is how many turns they have you know at a restaurant normally there's two or three um turns you know for a lunch or a dinner yeah. right and i'm wondering if you know if the 5:30 to 6:30 reservations are booked or is it 6 you know is then is it 6:45 mm-hmm. to 8:15 how do those time slots even work i know I, didn't, I wasn't even offered that option i know it's weird I was, and then do, does that go to a call center you know or are, they, are, are we calling you know what i mean are we calling the manager's office and like well, they just have somebody manning the phone with an appointment book like at a salon. Yeah, this just opens it it really just opens up so many questions that I'm sure can never be answered. But uh I I really wanted to share that cuz I thought it was amazing that they were doing that. Yeah, I I mean I w- I would love if there could be somehow you could post the picture of the dinner reservation sign that I sent you without the phone number on it mm-hmm. just so that people could really see that, that we're very serious about this here. Yeah, I thought it was a joke, but apparently it's real. Yeah, you definitely didn't think it was a joke at all. Like you like I was driving home from work and we were talking about this and you just laughed it off like I wasn't even being serious. I was a little upset. I'm not even going to lie. Well, no, I knew you were going with your friend and I thought that was really awesome. But the reservation part I thought was made up. Because it's White Castle. It's like McDonald's. No, but that's. I don't even eat meat and I'm going to White Castle (laughs) trying to make a reservation with my friend Ann. That's like McDonald's uh, doing reservations on on uh, valentine's it's so weird well you know what how about we go to in and out burger next year when we're together on valentine's day that's we can go a, to, it's to a date <laughs> it's a date done and then we should probably start picking out the theme now yeah yeah and we'll make reservations far in advance so uh we don't get shut out well, yeah. I mean, I wonder if they take reservations. Could you tweet that? Yeah, I'll tweet. Could you, I'll could tweet you it. ask them if they take reservations or something like that? Yeah. Can we also talk about the incredible Valentine's Day gift that you got me today? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I, let's not do that. I don't. No? Okay. I get embarrassed talking about that kind of stuff. But, but uh, you made it very easy you. for me to find something for you for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I was being sincere. You're I, very accommodating. I, I appreciated your um, involvement in that. Well, you made it very easy, which is why I love you. And uh, with that, I'm really sorry that we're not going to be together on Valentine's Day. But I'm glad Beyonce worked out for you. And mm-hmm. um, life changing per the usual. Yep. And I will also, I'm sure, call you as soon as I'm done taping this intro. But uh, because it's Valentine's Day, I thought I should call you uh, while we're doing this since it airs on Valentine's Day and tell you I miss you. And I hope you have fun at your Mexican chain restaurant with your date. Oh, we will. We're sending you pictures. <laughs> it's going to happen. Please do. You should be prepared. We're going at seven, which would mean it would be what? Four o'clock your time. Yep. I'll so be, I'll just be ready. prepare yourself for a serious FaceTime. I'll be waiting. You better. Okay. Well, uh, I hope you have a good rest of the night. I'm sure I will also talk to you as soon as this is over. Yes, please. Um, but thanks for doing this, baby. Always. I always enjoy talking to you, Love Muffin. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. 
Thank you, Felice Valentine. <laughs> All right, I love you. All right, I love you too. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Well, that's that. My girlfriend is enjoying a Mexican meal with her friend today. Uh, and by today, I mean Tuesday when this is actually launching. But um, so I hope all of you have a great Valentine's Day. I uh, I forgot where I was going before Chelsea called talking about Bobcat. Uh, something about this discussion, uh, this podcast with Bob. Uh, I, I think it was how I met him. But w- yeah, it was working at Kimmel. Um, so we talk a little bit about that, a little bit about making movies and uh, a lot of politics. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And thank you, Bobcat, for doing it. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks, everybody. Oh, fucking a. ground control to Major Hulan. <laughs> so I'm in your house with yeah, uh, a just... thousand pets. <laughs> What I imagine the Ark was probably like. Yeah, if the Ark was only trying to save cats. Save house animals. And um, and we have two dogs. How many cats? I don't know. I don't think my landlord listens to your podcast, so it's cool. Uh, we have Is this a non-pet house? <laughs> uh, you know, no, you can have pets. Uh, and, and I think we have told her maybe, I don't know, we actually have four cats here. Jesus, dude. One only one cat's not on the lease. Are they all your cats? No, two cats are mine: Anderson Cooper and Alice Cooper. Cooper spelled C O O P U R R. Of course, because Anderson Cooper is a silver fox, and uh, it took me a while. Alice Cooper finally told me her name because uh, uh, it was about two weeks went by. Their slave names were Troy and no Thor and Moonbeam. That's how you got them. Yeah, yeah. Those are horrible names. Well, at the you know at the rescue. Moonbeam. <laughs> that was named by a f- eight year old hippie child. I I hope there was some grass involved, but you know I think when you're rescuing <laughs> a lot of cats, you know you're not. You know I'm, I'm you know Paul Kislowski had a lot of rescue animals, and he had like a dog named Bitey because they were just running oh. out of names. <laughs> Liam Lynch has. Like it's five or six cats. Mm. You know, Liam Lynch has a cloned cat. No, he cloned a cat. Did he really? Yeah. Was it like his favorite cat passed away? Yep. <laughs> his favorite. It was weird. He was, I may have talked about this on this podcast before, but he had this cat for years. Uh, oh, Frankie Forcefield. Frankie Forcefield. Loved the cat. It, and I think it was his only cat for a while. And then um, he started to, I think, just become aware of the cat's mortality and was sure. really worried. And so he start, he's a huge sci-fi fan. So he started looking into cloning, animal cloning. And he found a company that does it. And he found, he did all this research. He's like, oh, when my cat eventually dies, I'm going to see if I can clone it. I'll have Frankie Forcefield. And Deuce. then one day his cat and very recent, like while he was researching all this, while he was looking into cloning, his cat got Sick. hit by a car. Oh my God. And died, just hit by a car and died. And so he called the clinic and he's like, I want you guys to clone my cat. It has just been hit by a car. What do I do? They're like, <laughs> put it in the freezer. <laughs> so he 
I think put his cat in like a plastic oh. freezer bag and put it in the freezer. I used to have snakes and I used to put the mice in the, the freezer. Pinkies. The rats. No, they were big snakes. Was it a big, it was a big snake? Yeah. And my housekeeper thought we were eating rats. <laughs> She's not crazy. Did she say something? Yeah. She was freaked out. <laughs> crazy white people. <laughs> So, uh, no, he, it's where I get my strength. I used to have, I had a snake, I had a pet snake and my roommate, Mark Cohen, who's a comedian sure. and uh, who played Sarah's father on our show. Um, he really wanted a snake. We were roommates. He didn't want the responsibility of taking care of it. So he got me a snake for Christmas. Uh, He's like, Hey buddy, look, I got you a corn snake. I eventually had to stop because feeding them mice yeah. was just, it's a bummer. Yeah. And you, you know, and even though you don't only have to do it every couple of weeks, but still it's horrible. And then like, you're not, you know, you can buy them dead and then heat them up. I was, I was buying a mouse to feed to my snake in Los Feliz at this pet shop. And I had it. And, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, Force Whitaker was in line <laughs> buying cat food. He was standing in line in front of me, and he saw the mouse. So his entire body at work is Fast Times at so, Ridgemont High. It's all I can think it's of. Not at the fences or King, last King of Scotland. Yeah, it was. Uh, and he was buying cat food, and he he saw that I had this little mouse. He's like, "Oh, that's cute, man." I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to feed it to a snake. <laughs> and he got really bummed out. He's like, oh, that's fucked up. And it, lo- it looked like he was really bummed out. He was judging you. I kind of felt that way, too, though, all the time. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm a vegan, but at the time I was just a vegetarian. And then I was I had a mouse that I had to knock out, you know, kill before I gave it to the snake because it's cool. Like take it by the table, a, tail. Yeah, and, I like, took it by the tail oh, and, it, and I bonked its head on the snake and it slipped out of my hands and it didn't die and it just turned oh! around turned around and looked at me. It was like, bro, I used to feed them. Friends. I used to throw them into the cage live. And yeah, let, that's, let not, my, that's not good for anybody. Let my snakes strangle. Yeah. In fact, the first time I did it, I put it in a box with my snake <laughs> and I videotaped the whole thing and then I put it to some nine inch nails, like sure. soundtrack to seven. I or something. would put it uh, to something uh, from Mary Poppins. <laughs> I think that would have been better. Chim chim in it. <laughs> just a spoonful of sugar. Helps the medicine go down. Oh, but yeah. So Liam put his cat in the freezer and a few days later, that clinic sent someone to scrape cells from the cat. Uh. And they're like, you know, this doesn't always work, just so you know. And uh, But they managed to fucking clone his cat. Looks identical, acts identical. Obviously, it came in as a baby instead right. of full grown. But um, he had other cats in the house at this point uh, who would live for years with Frankie Forcefield. And so they were freaked out. No. When Frankie he, was made tiny. He brings, yeah, he brings Frankie back. <laughs> Finnegan, shrunk. Finnegan is the new cat. And the cats were just like, I acted like it wasn't even a new cat at all. They're, yeah, just, they're like, just like, Oh, Hey, where you been? Hey, Frankie, did you lose weight? Where you, where you been? Frankie? Where you been? You, you're really tiny now, Frankie. So does this but cat it, have a soul? Favored, but it like, <laughs> I don't know. Does Frankie have a Liam song? says that, I mean, yeah. you know, because they have like four or five cats, there's like cat toys everywhere. Yeah. And he brought this cat home and it immediately 
took to the same cat toys that Frankie wow. only like it would just Frankie had a few favorite cat toys fitting in right to those cat toys. Wow. Um, he said when he brought Frankie home for the first time, the first cat, he put the cat box down on the floor, opened it. Cat ran straight out of the box into the wall, like head, like into the wall, not up <laughs> to the wall, but into yeah. the wall, knocked himself down, then ran along the wall and into his bedroom and hid under the bed. The new cat, the clone did the exact same thing. He's like wow. ran out of the the cat box into the wall. Wow, under my bed. Well, how much does Liam make? That seems kind of pricey. This was, I think, this was right after the Tenacious D movie he directed. Oh, so he, he some, directed the ten, so Tenacious he, D. Movie. So he had some crazy money. He had that Syphil and Ollie money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm a basic cable darling. I know how much I make. Um, I mean, it wasn't. This is Anderson Cooper's family tree stops here. It wasn't like a hundred thousand dollars. It was, I mean, closer to like probably twenty thousand dollars. It's still a lot of money for a cat. I know. I would. I wouldn't have done it. He should have done a baby while he was. There. He should have just stuffed the cat and like, well, here we are. We're together until I die now. So. Uh, what's the gist of your podcast? This is it. Yeah. Just shoot the shit. And what's it called? Uh. Uh. <laughs> no, what's the name of it? Uh. I'm trying to tell you, these podcasts have a lot of crazy names. Uh. No, when I first, the, my very first podcast, yeah. back when I used to only do them for five minutes by myself, uh, the first podcast was me for an hour trying to think of a name. And I just, <laughs> literally, I was like... Fuck. Uh, 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 so I was like, oh, I'll just call uh, it. Uh. And now, 75 episodes later, I'm, yeah, like, I'm boom. like, I wish I would have fucking named it something else. Well, and I, I wish I kind of wish I had like a hook, you know? Well, I, I yeah. Like Karen I Kilgariff and George's yeah, yeah. murder but I one. Think, I don't know how I feel about podcasts because. <laughs> It's a it's a strange beast. I mean, I think I think um, uh, what's your fan base? I get probably I mean close to ten thousand downloads. That's a lot of folks. Yeah, who are these people? I have no idea. <laughs> if you run into them, a few people. Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, I kept doing it mainly because like Howard Kramer has his Who Charted podcast with Kulop, and um, he said he went on a tour and like the venues would be like half the people were listeners to his podcast. Right. I was like, I should start doing this regularly just to get people to show up when I'm out of town to come to your shows. Yeah. I should do it in general, Mm -hmm. but I don't, um, because, uh, I think I don't for a lot of reasons. One is that, um, I, I like making stuff, but, but I, 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 I know that the nature of a podcast, you have to divulge a lot of your personal life. And I know yeah. that by the third or fourth, I'd be <laughs> sued. No, I mean, just saying <laughs> stories and things about my life and my family and people I care about that probably I don't have any. I mean, I, my kind of my cutoff point is I don't talk about my family really. Right. I'll say anything about me and doctor's visits and gross shit and, embarrassing stuff uh, but I kind of stop at the, at the family yeah and I wrestle with it all the time because my daughter will have a will have a good story and then <laughs> she'll ask me not to say it and then and then you'll say it on stage but even when- <laughs> 
stage is your podcast. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then but I, you have a, a crab apples podcast. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's Caitlin's baby. And I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm trying to help out as much as I can, but I'm, I'm actually really busy right now. Um, so that's another reason why I don't. Um, so I'm, I'm very lucky to be making a whole bunch of things right what's now. What's the show? What's the show called that you're uh, doing right now? There's a show that'll be on True TV called Bobcat Goldthwaite's Messed Up Stories. It's an anthology oh, series. That's great. And they're all different stories. You know, they're all uh, different genres and different styles. And um, there's no outside of, I guess, if I had a theme, it's just as trite as it may sound. It's just that nothing's what it seems, you know, and. You know, how the, long? How long are these? Twenty? Yeah, they're, 20 they're yeah, they're, they're half hour shows. And um, the first one I did was with Seth Green, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a Cape Fear uh, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So is there animation in it? In this one, yeah, because the character is is trying to kill Seth because he hates the way he makes him sound. Oh, that's funny. Is this, and this is for true. Yeah, true. And How is it animating? Because animating is kind of expensive. But the whole right? episode's not animated. It's just the character. Just one character. Yeah, so it's even crazier. You know, editing, it was just like editing uh, what it'd be like to edit uh, uh, an Invisible Man movie. You know, you're trying to yeah. guess. And what, shooting it the same way. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I don't know if people will catch it on this, but, but I'm kind of... Uh, although, although Stranger Things uh, 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 obviously did it, but I, yeah. I think tonally some of it does feel like uh, '80s kind of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, kind of kind of movie. You know, is it set in the '80s or it's just a non-discriminate it's, time? It's it's yeah, like most of the movies I make, you know, the outside of God Bless America, they're always, I have like a, a nostalgia vibe in, yeah. in everything I do. Yeah. You know, Black Mirror is in the future and I guess that would be the diff- one of the difference too yeah. is that mine is, is even though some of them are contemporary, they always feel dated. Schraub and I wrote a pilot for FX years ago and we set it in the 80s. It was based on my military school time, but I, I, prefer, I prefer that and shit because it seems like computers... And phone, cell phones solve a lot of problems. Yeah, that would be in a in a, <laughs> in a horror movie. You'd be like, I'm calling the cops, yeah. or I'm using the flashlight on my phone to get us out of this dark yeah. cave. Yeah, I did a scary Bigfoot movie, and yeah. and while we were making it, and we were driving because we actually shot it where the Patterson Gimlin footage uh, was shot. So the great. famous footage of yeah. Bigfoot walking away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while we were driving to that location, our cell phone service did go out. Okay, and they say it on camera because, but it's funny because it, that that's a trope in every horror film now. They go, "Oh, we're not getting reception." Yeah, uh, but we didn't get reception, which was funny. So I was I was on the fence. Should I keep this in because it seemed so fake, even? But but it really did happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, phones, computers. Yeah, they kind of screw up storytelling. <laughs> yeah, and it was you know set in military school, which when I was there, we didn't have computers, we didn't have cell phones, and like. Now that's that same military school I went to, which is where they filmed Taps. Wow. Um, well, where is that? Uh, Pennsylvania, right outside of uh, Valley Forge. Oh wow! Um, it's one of the oldest military schools in the country. J.D. Salinger is an alumni. Wow. Pensy Prep from Catcher in the Rye is based on the military school. Wow. Um, but now it's co-ed. They have 
computer stations <laughs> at their desks. I'm like, fuck, this would have made masturbating so much easier. And everyone's got cell phones. It's like, yeah. Um, were you a, a problem child? How did yeah. you end up? And that's what, and they just sent you there. Yeah, I like to drink in high school and uh, get in trouble. And so my grades were so fucking horrible. My parents, I went to like three different high schools. My parents were finally like, they had a friend, a family friend who sent their son to that military school and he got straight A's. And my parents were like, that's what we're doing. But they didn't like go, hey, our son has a drinking problem. Maybe a 12 step program. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been easier? I don't even think that would have helped. The weird thing is I didn't, I don't have like a chemical dependency for it. Cause after like two years, I was like, Ugh, you weren't addicted. It was more, it was for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cause all my friends did it. We all, we would go to school drunk together Sure, and, (laughs) and I could talk to girls. I was not afraid to talk to any, I fucking loved being drunk. Sure. And when I was by myself, I wouldn't drink. Like on the weekends, I'd be. And where are you at now with your drinking? Uh, I don't drink. Yeah, at all, ever. No, not usually. I'll, you know, if there's like a a toast, like a champagne toast, I'll have champagne. Well, that sounds definitely like you don't have a problem. Yeah, I definitely don't. I quit. Yeah. You know, I quit drinking. I mean, I quit getting drunk when I was eighteen, and then I, you know, through college and my twenties, I would socially drink. And then a few years, like three or four years ago, I was at a party and I had just like one beer, just socially at the party. I had one beer the whole time, just walking around with it. I don't even know if I finished it. And the next day I just felt like shit. I was like, why am I even socially drinking? I don't like the taste of beer. So, um, and so I just stopped. Do you take grass? Take it. (laughs) Do you take grass? I stopped smoking weed about Four or five months ago. Wow. Yeah. How's that working out? It's pretty good. Yeah? You like I'm, it? I'm a lot less depressed. Wow. Um, I mean, part of that's probably because I also have a girlfriend. And and your and, man won the election. Oh, and Trump. Uh, <laughs> yes. We got the best dude in the White House. Um, <laughs> Things are really going to change. No more brown skins are coming into this yeah. country. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I see now why you call the show. Ugh. <laughs> No, not uh, it's um. It's not uh, it's uh. Uh, uh. Yeah, I should, yeah, if I was still smoking weed and didn't have a girlfriend, I think I'd be super fucking depressed right now. Right now, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of am, but. It is constant, the, um, uh, the battle against not getting depressed over it. Yeah. I also noticed that it's tripped up compulsive behavior in me where, um, I'm not keeping abreast with the news or what I'm doing is just going to news and Twitter yep. and just, just cycling through what, too. what's the latest crazy. And it's, it's not being responsible so I can show up for protests and be educated. <laughs> it's, it's me just going bananas. What did he do now? Yeah. Yeah. Part of it might be that tear because it is, it's it never disappoints. I mean, it's crazy. always crazier than you imagine. It is crazy. I now have a routine. I wake up in the morning, I grab my phone, I go right to the news, and every single fucking morning, because we're on West Coast, so shit's already gone down like a few hours in, and every single morning for the last 11 days, it's been like, let's see, what's, holy shit, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And then if I go to Twitter or Facebook, it's just... 
That's all my feed is people fucking I, talking about. What I wake I, up, I pick up my phone, <laughs> I delete the death threats before people who love me can read them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I continue on, but um, yeah, it's it's bad times. It's it's I you know and I and it's just gonna keep getting worse. But you know the good news is there are good people and people are joining forces and i don't know what's gonna happen but uh you know i actually have a bigger gripe you know the common complaint <laughs> is uh you should just be funny you know why don't you just be a comedian oh, why don't you you know that kind of stuff hollywood elites preaching hollywood elites. about the, well i mean they're a hollywood elite or a has-been exactly and it's yep. like i can't be both um yep. so but but um I think the the why not call out the people who are cowards right now? I wish those people that are <laughs> that are attacking someone who voices opinion go to somebody who doesn't voice an opinion and see what he thinks or she thinks. I mean those those to me are yeah. the, are the I mean I would rather hear from someone who opposes what I think than some somebody who's too much of a coward to weigh in. And why is it just actors? I Someone posted, or I saw a really funny retweet of someone's post that was like, hey, uh, if you have a problem with Hollywood liberals or Hollywood elites or any actors or musicians or artists voicing their opinions about politics and you say shut up and get back to work how about you fucking shut up and go back to your shitty job like <laughs> right why is it that every everybody else can weigh in if you're blue collar you can say something well i think i honestly feel i wish i wish the the things i create had more and, of an impact and in they the world. say it like we're all fucking super rich we're all rich and we all have this we all know each other we all have you know like we all have this hollywood elite meeting yeah um, Barbara Streisand's giving up her coffee commitment. Does anyone want to volunteer? So, um, so, uh, but I, I, I think that, that, um, that the people that don't weigh in at all are the ones that aren't going to get rounded up <laughs> and they'll survive. Yeah. So the next, please just see, I wish my things I made had more of an impact because it doesn't mean anything when, when a lot of people don't watch what I make. <laughs> but but I, I, I feel like, hey man, if you hate Hollywood, that's valid if you really, but walk the walk. Don't watch it. Don't listen to the music yeah. we create. Don't watch the shows. You know, sit there, crank up some Lee Greenwood <laughs> and, and enjoy yourself. Knock yourself out. Yeah. You know, don't be a hypocrite. Um... Uh, you know, it's just, and, and just not even our industry, it's where we live. Yeah. You know, uh, California is the enemy and all this stuff. Uh, I'm like almost on the, on the, <laughs> to the point where, where, where I'm on the separatist side of things yeah. almost at this point, yeah. you know? It's like, all right, we'll leave, you know, we'll take the West Coast left. We would take all, it's like we would be yeah. the fifth highest grossing, um, uh, output for a country because it would be have, amazing you know but uh i guess there's bad sides to that i guess there would be a civil war and stuff like that i saw someone my friend shannon who's on she's on that show uh west world and she was on raising out she works a ton and i, w I was just like looking at her twitter feed because she's very vocal and right and it's people without a profile photo they're yeah. all anonymous and they're like 
you're a fucking D-list, you're has-been. I'm like, she's on the number one show in the fucking world right now. You're a has-been. And yeah. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? And they're, and they're like... What have you? You're. What have you ever fucking done? No one's fucking. No one even knows who you are. And I'm like, nobody fucking knows who you are. You fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. With fucking three followers that are all fucking you know corporate bots. Yeah. It's. But you know, it's. I. I used to take that stuff, uh, and it hurt. And now I'm way beyond that. I'm yeah. like, I'm just. Uh, I don't even deal with it because it's not reality. Yeah. Um, and uh, I try to take in all the positive messages you get and see the other people's support. And also, I remember that when the charge runs out of my iPhone, it's just a brick. It's not reality. Yeah. It's just a brick. <laughs> you know, I mean, the real stuff is if I, you know, are you on the streets? Are you protesting? Are you, are you speaking up? Are you donating? Are you trying it? You know, those are all the real things. And then yeah. arguing with strangers online, um, you know, none of it, none of it matters. There are people that, all they do is fucking do searches on Twitter and and they find there are people that there are a bunch of people that don't follow you that just somehow see your tweet because they'll tweet Donald Trump and then they'll see your tweet and just be like, fuck you. What have you done? And no one knows your name. I'm going to I'll read the thing that I wrote the other day before the woman's march, uh, which uh, uh, let me see. Sorry. Sorry about that. But. Uh, I could just read stuff. <laughs> I, that would be awesome. I'll set it. I'll set it to music. Yeah. So, do you uh, have a, a tune you want me to set this to? Uh, well, here I think I hint at it. No, no. A spoonful on of sugar. Post. Yeah, spoonful of sugar. Okay. But it says uh, I posted a picture of Alice Cooper and Major Hot Lips Hand to counterbalance to counterbalance the hate and rage of strangers, most of them with private accounts that I will receive tomorrow because I'll be going to the LA Women's Protest March. If it's like the last time I went to a protest, some of you will post a, a combo of insults and death threats on my social media. I'd like to say, take this time to make some points. One, I don't protest to change you. I protest because it changes me. Two, I've always been political. My first HBO special from the 80s, Share the Warmth, was extremely critical of Reagan, Oliver North, the Iran-Contra scandal, and yuppie culture of the time. Reagan! So when you, I know, that's Oliver how old North. I am. Oliver North! <laughs> torn, from, torn from the headlines. Um, so when you say to me, uh, you've lost a longtime fan. I'm not exactly sure about uh, what about me you were a fan of. Most of the movies I've written and directed have always been very subversive themes, i.e. World's Greatest Dad, God Bless America, Sleeping Dogs Lying, especially Call Me Lucky. They have all been personal, and none were made to attract a wide fan base. They were just stories I needed to tell. It has always been important for me to express what's on my mind, just as I hope most of you feel the need to speak your mind, but I won't tolerate threatening my life. I've always believed it's important to stick up for the underdog, the less unfortunate, and for what I believe is right. I'm not sour grapes because my team lost, and I'm not part of the Hollywood elite. And I most certainly am not someone who has been naively manipulated by lamestream media. I'm a 54-year-old grown man who knows what hate, intolerance, and cruelty looks like, and I will do my best to stand up and fight against it. I'm not going to lie, being attacked stings some... But it also fuels me more and makes me realize that we have so much more to do. So you did that in 140 characters. No, not on no, Twitter. That kidding. was Instagram. But then, <laughs> the next day, oh. the next day when I went to the thing, <laughs> you lived hard. Why are you even at the women's march? <laughs> and I was just like, 
Did you not? They didn't read it. <laughs> they don't read it. They didn't read it. I, I know. They just they just saw the first word protest. And they just saw a picture of me smiling at a protest with it, you know. But uh, <laughs> amazing. It's. Uh, I mean, that's. You know what you can do, and I did this on my Instagram. You can get, now go into your settings and set it so certain words you can set up a list of words oh, that wow. won't show up in your comment section oh wow so i took every racial slur you know homo oh, faggot uh i took every term like libtard elite i even took down trump i took down clinton <laughs> every word every fucking oh, really hot word hot button word that you can think of i put in that list right and now it's just uh, people. I'm sure people get really does frustrated. Does anyone get through the screening process? Yeah, a few people. <laughs> they were smart enough. Even my friends, if you know, I'll post a photo of something. I'm like, oh man, that guy's a fucking idiot, and it won't show up. And they're like, dude, how come my comments not showing up? I'm like, did you say fuck or? It's awesome. No one can call me an asshole or a fucker or. Wow. Yeah. It's a. Uh... Yeah, but where are we at? I mean, it's a, it's insane that we're we're we 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 have to screen what people are saying about us instead of just people. Uh, you know, none of these people would say this to your face. You know what I mean? Oh no! You know, get my, their fucking nose broken. My latest uh, dream project is uh, you know Steve Bannon wrote a hip hop musical, and uh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to get a hold of it because I want to put it up. What? Steve Bannon wrote a hip-hop musical. Steve Bannon. Yeah. Because Steve Bannon is a failed screenwriter, and that's why he's bitter. It's like if we had only encouraged Hitler's painting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's another guy who made a lot of money, and when he made a lot of money, he didn't get any respect. And when he tried to make movies, there uh, he did a bunch of documentaries that didn't even work for the alt-right like like they go hey we agree with you but your storytelling is shit so he uh yeah he wrote a hip-hop musical and i've only read a few lines from it where he says i'm the original og you know and it's set (laughs) dude i this is the first time ever hearing about this you have to get a hold of yeah we've got to get a hold we got to put it up i mean it'll be so fun you got to do a reading of that and uh yeah and uh what's his name we should get Uh, someone to do kelly Kelly and Conway stand up to uh, Jerry Lewis's. Uh, the, yeah, the I do clown. think it's all all apologies to the day the clown cried. I mean, this thing's gonna be. <laughs> I had no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. So that's where his where he goes from being, you know, a oh, hip hop, uh, a musical. Yeah. So there's lyrics and everything. Sure, man. How how do you? Uh, I know. We should. We should plead with the Russians to hack and get that. <laughs> That's what we need. That's what we need to get. Russia, WikiLeaks, if uh, any Russians are listening. <laughs> Massage is leading. Yeah. Listening, please. Assange, if you're listening if to you're this. Assange, please, please. Please get the hip hop musical. Yeah. So, wow. uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, racism uh, and, 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 you know, I really think that's all it boils down to. I think, uh, you know, people want to talk, uh, poli sci about all the events that's gone down. I've toured around this country for 30 years. It's a very racist country. It's a very sexist country. Yeah. It's a very angry and fearful country. And it's also, uh, you know, um, and it doesn't really give a rat's ass about other people. A lot of people in the country prefer you not to have freedoms. Christian values have very little to do with the way conservatives think it's it's 
It's really weird too because it's hate and and so much so much of the bigotry. vitriol that that I get on social media and then I go over and it's always a guy who's <clears throat> Christian uh, and there's uh, and they're following proud, like eight porn stars yeah, proud dad <laughs> yeah there's a photo of them with their dad and then or them with they're their the kids kid. and then retweets of fucking porn stars <laughs> which I love porn stars that's fine but yeah. I'm, but I'm not. You know, you're not uh, saying that you uh, holier than thou. Yeah. Well, I also think that, um, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, a proud dad is, is always just like, you know, um, I, <sighs> wait, wait until your kids turn out. OK, before you start bragging about the fact yeah. that you crapped out a kid. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's really easy to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a dude, you know. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to have yeah, the a whole pro life argument is so fucking shaky. Well, these are the same people that don't want to yeah, help refugees. They don't want to help refugees, but they want to uh, have children should be born, but without uh, any ways uh, for anyone to take care, take care of, them. of them. Yeah, or educate them. We don't care about that. Um, but we on the do, good, we should do a political podcast. But on the on the upside, all I know <laughs> is it's just getting worse. <laughs> it really is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think I like the people that say, "Give them a chance." <laughs> it's like, I've always had this <clears throat> notion that when someone is elected president, they have all these high hopes, they have yeah. all these plans, things they want to do, and then I always in my head picture this scenario where the first day into the Oval Office after they've been inaugurated, they walk in, and there's all the fucking cabinet members and they dim the lights and they pull down a video screen and there's like, here's how it really is. Yeah. And they show them a fucking horrifying video that turns their hair gray yeah. and they're like, holy yeah. shit. They show them Area 51. They show them the Zapruder film. Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. So everything's going to mellow out. Fucking Trump from day one is like... Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah. and also just, um, you know, we're just learning. There's a reason why he never distanced himself from David Duke and all these people, because he agrees with those kind of people. Yeah. And I'm just tired of you. If you're, if you're, if you're defending him, uh, I <laughs> don't pretend that it's nothing but hate. Don't pretend. Yeah. Don't pretend. There's uh, more jobs were saved uh, through Obama. Uh, uh, employment was on the uh, yeah. decline. Yeah. I mean, just just it's hate. And Unemployment you, was on the decline. Uh, no, no, I I hate Obama. No, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I have. Let's see, my two uh, jokes about the uh, 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 were uh, the recent jokes were in. In Trump's defense, those Russian hookers uh, had been stung by jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. That's one joke. Yeah. And then I the other joke, funny. Caitlin's very nervous about me saying, and uh, uh, I maybe I could preface it here by saying I do not advocate killing the president in any way. Good. Nor will I ever kill the president. All right. And this is a joke. <laughs> I doubt you'd be but, able to figure out how to use a gun even. Uh, uh, you might be surprised. Oh, but okay. but um <clears throat> but I uh the joke I have <laughs> was I said I feel very powerless and I I protest and I donate and I try to be involved and 
when things get me really down about the situation, I just remember that, you know, John Wilkes Booth was a somewhat well-known <laughs> actor, too. Oh, yeah. So I remember that so, one from San Francisco. And people go, ah. Now, uh, I will say this. Uh, I, I'm not going to ever kill the president, but uh, if that was to happen, at least I'd have something that would eclipse Police Academy on my, <laughs> my obituary page instead of it being Zed for Police Academy. Presidential assassin. <laughs> And yeah, I, uh, uh, it's funny that I have to worry about what I say, whereas anyone else can just be you fucking cock sucking or, 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 uh, that's a joke. Uh, um, but you know, there's already, uh, people who are dead because of Trump's, uh, moves, you know? It was this old lady who was sent back and died. You yeah. know, there was a, a, an American-born girl who got shot and killed the other day. So, so um, yeah, I, I, I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> However, most of the killings in the United States are by white men. <laughs> that is so true. So you're someone... That you, is you true. You should be on I a watch list. I should be on a list, yeah. <laughs> I should be on a list. That dude that shot up the, the mosque in Canada. And- yeah. White supreme, white nationalist, white Trump nationalist supporter. Trump supporter. Uh, it doesn't matter. And Fox still hasn't taken down their tweet saying it was uh, a <laughs> yeah. someone from where? Where were they saying he was from? Well, somewhere in the Middle East. But none of it matters. That's the weird thing. There isn't anything that could be found out. Like these people, when they find out that um, a uh, a Muslim old lady died. They don't go, oh, that's a horrible story. They go, good. Yeah. They don't, it's, you know, that yeah. the problem with One the left. One last to worry about, motherfucker. The problem with the left and the problem with the progressives, and it was all through the campaign and the, and the election, when they would see something that if you have empathy or kindness in your heart, you are disturbed by, they would, they would, they would amplify it and try to get it out to people and let people know. But the other side enjoys all that that's what they yeah. eat you know you know it's like steve bannon likes to say that he's uh, he gets off on the fact that you know people compare him or call him darth vader Dar- or satan yeah but the thing is is both satan and darth vader are fictitious badasses yeah <laughs> you know he's just a, a failed dork yeah who's now really mad at the rest of the world because no one respected him when he made a buttload of cash and no one respected him when he tried to be a storyteller so now he's just going to take the world down did you see uh trump bragging today that he hasn't cried since he was a kid <laughs> <laughs> i believe that because in reference see, to schumer yeah you uh, never see him crying. laughing and you never see him crying I haven't cried since I was a kid. I'm the best person. I don't cry. <laughs> I, I believe. That's the other thing that they are, the biggest insult is. Didn't that, cry at the birth of my son. Didn't cry at my wedding. Oh, does he say that? No, but that's what but, he's implying. But the other thing is, it's like, I don't understand how like how that's ever an insult when someone says, oh, why'd you cry liberal tears? And it's like, yeah. I, I have a black belt in crying. I I don't I don't I don't mind crying. When I think of all the movies that I love or the concerts that con- I connected with, I actually welled up during the shows or during the movies or yeah. or the high points when my daughter was born or yeah. you know, these all these moments in my life. Of course I cried. I don't and uh and they they weren't 
they weren't made worse because I cried. It just it just was yeah. the only way to express that I was feeling this connection to other human beings at the time. Um, I don't know how this is going to play out. You know, it's just it just keeps getting worse and worse. You know, I don't think he's going to be the president for very long. I mean, that's what, but that was also the same folks who are saying that are the same folks who said he, he didn't think he was going to get elected. You know, I, I don't. I just. I I. Uh, because, I, I mean, I don't think it'll be much better when, you know, if Mike when Pence, Pence takes yeah, over. but Pence, remember when he had his asinine policies when he was running his state, people were able to fight back and, and you know, uh, you know, so I think, I think Pence, you could actually fight. Uh, I, I don't know. It really just boils down to if, if Bannon's still around. You know, I, I do believe Bannon is in charge. I don't think uh, Trump is not smart enough to uh, to to pull off this, uh, uh, you know, all, all these policies that he immediately put into place. I really want to see the, the if there is. Musical? Well, I want to see that, but <laughs> I also want to see the hidden hotel videos of the Trump and the hookers and I'm telling you if it exists and it comes out uh it won't affect anything because his supporters I don't think so either but when that first came out I saw some of the funniest shit on Twitter I was laughing so fucking hard and I was going I don't even care if this is true or not this is so fucking funny yeah and I'm sure it's making him fucking boil yeah I mean that's what I do that's why I, like uh you know his his first tweet about protest was, uh, it doesn't change anything. And it's, it was just like, you know, what people would say to me, that doesn't change anything. And his first thing was, uh, he was furious. Furious. And it, and it made me happy to know that I was part of, of making him yeah. furious. You know? Yeah. He totally gives a shit what people think of him. And I used to, it used to bother me when people attacked me and stuff. And then I, I, I just finally realized that I'm no longer dealing with people on like, hey, your opinion is valid, and uh, hey, let's talk about this. It's just, um, oh, you're a brown shirt, and I have to stand up against it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. If I, I try to break down everything in my life by um, uh, the movie Cabaret, and uh, <laughs> you can either be, <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to be Sally Bowles who just ignored the uh, Nazis and you don't want to be the MC who kind of ignored them, too, and got killed. You know, I'm telling you, you should check into that uh, feature on Instagram of entering words that you just don't want to show yeah. up in your comments. It's mm -hmm. fucking beautiful. Also, you can disable comments, which is amazing right. as well. Yeah, I, I, I would. uh I would definitely, I think the word uh, Hollywood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's shit that I, I'm just like, you know what? Kardashian. I'm, I'm I was like, saying, that's not showing up in my feed either, I, motherfucker. I have to say, I, I might just, <laughs> I'll keep all the, all the rhetoric the words. Hate. Yeah, that's fine. But I might add Police big Academy. Fan, big fan. <laughs> police, police Academy. Zed. Uh, <laughs> uh, tonight show. <laughs> the name of my hometown. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing. It's like, I like my hometown. <laughs> I go back to my hometown two, three times a year. Where's your, your Syracuse? Syracuse yeah. I've filmed in my hometown. I've done, a, I have a connection. I have some dear friends that I still see all the time. Yeah. My sisters live there. I, I love going back there. 
Um, but something really frosts my cake when people from my hometown, they try to, you know what I mean? I don't know what that's about. When I get the same thing from Riverside. And what is it? What is it? I don't know, man. And it's like, yeah, I remember where I'm from. I'm there all the time. Yeah. You know, I shot two movies there. What have you done? You know, I mean, they, they always just do for you Syracuse. <laughs> it's like, okay, dumb, dumb. I think it was funny. My friend Chris Goss was, yeah, was yeah. like, oh, my brother knows, but yeah, he knows Bobcat. He was in Shakes, man. Yeah. But uh, I would see the Masters in Syracuse. Masters of Reality, yeah. yeah. After I had left um, of Syracuse, they had broke. But I, when I went back, I would see them. Great band. Anyone listening, Masters of Reality. Chris Goss, who's uh, also a very accomplished pr- music producer. He's produced PJ Harvey, Queens of the Stone Age. But I remember going to see him and just having my ass blown through my face. And yeah. I was like, where the fuck were you guys <laughs> yeah. when I was growing up? That shit was heavy. He's fucking such a good musician. Um, so I sounded that uh, I belly ached. So should we talk about? Uh, we talked about work. What yeah. else? Uh, did you have fun in San Francisco? I, I did. <laughs> I wasn't there long enough. What did we do? We did crab apples. Yeah, we did Wyatt Snack Show yeah. together. I just. Um, I like San Francisco. You know. I oh yeah, you were saying you you have a weird feeling now going up there. Now I sound like a curmudgeon, don't I? Like I don't like. Uh, I'm the same way. I though. just don't like nostalgia. I yeah. really don't. I think it's the enemy of making stuff. Right. When people come up and they go, "Remember when you did this and that?" And it's like, "Well, that's sweet," and it connected with them, but. But uh, I I don't know why. I mean, it's funny. Um, I haven't spoken with a while. I've been working with Ray Davis of the Kinks on uh, on this musical that I've been trying to get going for years, and um, and he's the same way. He has no time for for nostalgia. Yeah, because he's I don't always, want to do a reunion. I don't want to do. Well, he's always making new stuff. Or if he if he's going to do it, it's all going to be on his terms. If he's going to be covering his old songs, he's going to reinterpret it. Or if he's going to work with his brother it's going to be on his terms you know and i i i really respect ray i was just talking to someone about his son i can't remember the context now they're like oh yeah it's so i was talking to so-and-so and his dad was in the kinks i was like who and they and say like, it was Ray, Ray Davies. And I was like, what? <laughs> and now I totally do not remember the context. And it was Todd Berry. No, it was, was Todd. It might have been Matt Berry. It was just the first name that popped in my head. Todd would be like, why did you do that? And, uh, <laughs> we are all, I, I, I uh, comedians are, are beyond sensitive, uh, myself included. Um, I do know this. I don't take slights at all anymore. I mean, I but know. But do you I, take medication? I, no, I know. I seem like I'm, I'm grumpy about. Oh, I don't want this and that. But but um, I used to just live with a rolodex of resentments, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I called everybody a hypocrite or this and that and why they sucked. And did you have like a revenge list? A list of like no, but oh, just that, I got a fucking. I didn't have a revenge as much as it was just I wasn't going to work with them and. And, uh, and they were just terrible. And, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, I don't have that anymore. And I'm glad I don't, you know? And I used to think, like, if I did get along with everyone, I was compromising and selling out. Right. But, uh, I don't believe that's true anymore. I think mine, all that based on fear. I think the bottom line is when you're making stuff, it, 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 it's, it's, 
for me, the solution. How do you get shit made? By the way, I, for those listening, you you and I met when we were both working at Kimmel. Yeah, he was a director at Kimmel, and you did a movie, Sleeping Dogs Live, which I think is yeah. called Stay. Actually, it was right? Stay. Yeah, it's Sundance, and, and that was the way I got to mention Sundance. Uh, the Sundance name was Stay. I have been to Sundance, uh, but <laughs> and I worked with you on that. But like, how? Because this was like probably yeah. pre. Well, you remember how I did that? Yeah, I just. Well, you kind of shot illegally. We shot in illegally and stole, and we shot the whole movie for twenty grand and got a crew from Craigslist. That was twenty grand. Yeah, and then it it it, it made it all the way to Sundance, and and um, but uh, I didn't think it was going to Sundance. I just had to make it. I mean, the real whole story of that was I had written that script about a year ago, and Sarah Desarego, who was at. Camel, who yeah. uh, we, were, we were married for a while. Uh, before we were a couple, even, she read the script and she said, this is a really good script. We should make it. And I yeah. go, I don't have any money. And she goes, well, we'll just start. And we, that's all we did. We said, oh, yeah, during hiatus, we're making a movie. And yeah. uh, we kicked it, got some people kicking money and people would steal gels from the Poseidon Adventure and you'd shoot like garage, open garages <laughs> yeah. of empty houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did break a lock and <laughs> film inside a garage that was for sale. And, <laughs> and, and the crew, I was like, you gotta be really quiet tonight. This is a heavy scene. And they go, you don't have a permit again. I'm like, I don't know whose fucking house this yeah. is. So, so yeah, so we, and we just made it. And, and, and I think like, to, you know, folks will say, well, you were in show business, you know, that gives you a leg up. But it's like, it, yeah, I, yes, it did. But on the other hand, you work at Sundance and a DVD comes across and it says, you know, written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. You know, I'm sure it's yeah. like, Hey, I'm sure there was some people going, oh, oh let's watch Screech's movie next. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. um, so, uh, I know I came with a lot of baggage. So, but, but I know I'm always making stuff and, and it's not always stuff that I, uh, have any money to make, you know, uh, remember I, we shot in that porn, porn studio? studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking it, and no one wanted to touch anything. anything. No one wanted to sit in any chairs. And then we had like food laid out, craft service, and this woman comes in from an active set upstairs yeah. in a robe. Yeah, and she's like, "What do you film?" And it's like, "Well, it's a you know, it's about a movie, <laughs> a movie about a woman who blows a dog." And she's yeah. looking at us like, "You people are sick." Yeah, and then then this other dude, a, a porn actor, comes down and he puts his hand in the skittles. Don't eat the skittles. Yeah. <laughs> got dumped out as soon as they walked away. <laughs> yeah. And then the disgusting. cops came and everybody ran uh, while we were filming. I there. don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden it was like, pew! <laughs> like, and we were the only production in the building that didn't run. That, uh, yeah, that was so weird. I didn't know it was a porn set until I, I got there and I'm walking down the hall. I'm like, oh, they have a jail cell. Oh, uh, they have a gym locker room. <laughs> Oh, there's a classroom. And I'm like, oh, this is a fucking porn set. <laughs> they, oh, they have, hey, look, a barn. But it also doubles as, I have I a have, party place. Yeah, like a swingers weekend. club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a few friends who were like, oh, yeah, I've been to that place. They, they on the weekends, they have like orgy parties yeah. there and like people are just fucking in all those rooms. I think it was called the Entertainium. Yes, I think you're right. I don't know if it still exists, but yeah, so we filmed <laughs> some of that. Uh, it's definitely the cheapest soundstage in 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 Hollywood at the time. Uh, um, yeah, but you know that's the thing. It's like you make stuff, and 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 uh, it doesn't matter. You just keep making stuff. Uh, 
you know, you, 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 when you first start out, you're making stuff, trying to make a living, trying to get away from the grind of whatever you're doing. But, but what comes out of you, if you're not trying to, uh, you know, make your stuff yeah. commercial, what comes out of you is really exciting and fresh. Yeah. And it took me about 30 years or 25 years to get back to that. Like, why yeah. did I start telling stories? Why did I, why was I a performer? And I just started writing scripts. And then after that, um, I did, I think I did World's Greatest Dad probably after that. And that so, was, yeah. and then after World's Greatest Dad, I sat down and I wrote another almost possibly 11 screenplays. But Jesus. I just write and write and write. I don't make them all. I just get them. Do you out outline, or you, do you just yeah write? outline and then I write a script? But but um, but I just write all the time. Um, and again, you know, people, if you're if you if you're being creative and trying to make a living at it, that's that's really hard. But you know, yeah. I I just was fortunate enough that I could always do stand up to pay my bills, and I used to say I do I do stand up. So I can make movies, you know. Yeah, that's true. But lately now, um, I've been working on different television shows, and yeah. uh, that's completely new for me. You directed an episode of Marin that I I, I worked on Marin for a while. The the those who can't. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I do a lot of those. I do. Yeah, uh, yeah I do a lot of different. You shot TV Brian Posehn's stand up special. I do a lot of specials. I did Marin's. I did Patton's. Yeah. I did, uh, yeah, I direct a lot of specials, and. Um, it's really funny, you know. I, 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 I. We'll see how this goes with TV. You know, I, 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 I don't know what what it's going to be like. I'm, I'm doing uh, eight episodes, and then I'm doing a pilot right now. For how far are Emirate. you? How far are you into the eight episodes? I've written. Are they all written? They're all outlined. I've written half of them, and I shot one of them. Okay. So, but we're, we're we're but I'm also working on a pilot for Bridget Everett with Michael Patrick King. Oh my God, she's so funny. And then we're doing Call Me Lucky, the doc I did. Mm-hmm. Um, the doc I did with uh, on Barry Crimmins. We're um, I'm working with Judd Apatow on making that into a narrative film. Nice. So Judd and I will write it and and uh, and then try to get an actor to play Barry. Well, you're not too. <laughs> You don't have a lot of free time. I well, I can't believe you did this. You know what Sarah uh, always say something really funny. Uh, who I mentioned, my ex-wife. Um, whenever I start complaining about working too hard or, mm-hmm. or whatever, she'd always go, "Are your diamond shoes too tight?" <laughs> your diamond shoes. So uh, a little bit. My diamond shoes are too tight. Yeah. Uh, well, it's you know, been an hour, dude. It's been an hour. What What else do you have to say you know, here? What I like to say is, you know, you just, you know, I think it's important to people that they keep <laughs> quitting, you know, and that's how it helps us. Yeah, no, that's how that's how I ended up in this spot where now I'm just making all this stuff. I just kept quitting things that didn't feel right. Yeah, until you end up someplace and you go, oh, this this does. Feel I quit. Right. You no, know, I quit. I was working in reality TV for yeah. for years, yeah. and I finally was having so many panic attacks that I quit and yeah. that's when I started working at Kimmel. See, that's where the thing. Yeah. yeah, you just keep quitting and then all of a sudden you end up going, "Oh, this feels right." The only thing is it's really hard because to not the quitting part but, but getting <laughs> getting, you know, it's like you know, I thought I would tell stories because I'd be in front of the camera and then have the 
ability to tell the stories. And yeah. that's not how it worked for me. Some people can pull that off. Right. Um, I, I had to learn that I had to get behind the camera. And once I did that, I was like, oh, this is this is great. This is what I love doing. Yeah. It's hard trying to figure out what, what, what you're going to do. It takes a while. I know. And now I'm 54 and I'm like, oh, man. I know. I'm not I, I get all these stories done. I moved to L.A. and... 95 i think and and to be a musician i wasn't even oh really i was like i didn't even know acting was possible i was like oh does i play in bands and so you're like johnny depp yeah same story exactly the same story <laughs> you guys are twinsies he's a little more successful yeah but is he happy yeah, probably. Probably. Probably, yeah. Uh, so where can people find you on your... Uh, they can follow Grandpa on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. I usually tweet... Twitter, not too much. I just use it to repost things. And yeah, me too. Occasionally, I weigh in on something. But um, but Instagram is my jam. I, you, get a good, you get a good barometer on what I'm up to. Is it and, Bobcat Goldthwaite? Yeah, I think it all... all yeah, Bobcat Just all one word. Yeah. Okay. Well, people should follow you, and thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having I'm me. glad on. we finally made it happen. And um, let's pray for the country. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Feral Audio. There's a reason we invented things like same-day delivery and PB&J in the same jar. We love convenience, which is what makes Kaiser Permanente so special. We offer health care and coverage together. So rather than having your doctor over here and your insurer there, we provide quality health care and coverage under one roof, freeing you up for other important tasks. Like making a quick sandwich. Kaiser Permanente. Together we thrive. Visit kp.org slash integrated. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mail Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852.